Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courtside with Beelance and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We have with us today Brian Wilson, Associate Director of High Performance at the Darling Tennis Center located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Brian was ranked number one in Southern California in the juniors before attending the University of Illinois. In 2003, Brian was the NCAA doubles champion, partnering with Rajiv Ram, and the team went undefeated and won the NCAA team championship. In 2004, Brian was ranked number one in the NCAA in singles. He played on the ATP tour for five years and went over 15 titles in singles and doubles. Brian played in the main draw of both the U.S. Open and the Australian Open. While playing world team tennis, Brian had wins over Pete Sampras and Patrick Rafter. And since Brian has started coaching in 2008, he has been involved in two of the most successful and acclaimed tennis centers in the country. Darling Tennis Center High Performance Coach from 2008 to 2012 and was Director of Junior Tennis at Northwest High Performance Tennis from 2012 to 2018. Brian then rejoined the Darling Tennis Center back in 2018, and it is my privilege to welcome to the pod Brian Wilson. Brian, thanks so much for spending time and, and talking your tennis journey, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it, and uh, glad to be on and, and glad to talk tennis with you. It's going to be a fun pod here. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. You got, you got so many cool experiences. I can't, I, I was really fired up to do this. So thanks for joining. First off, like similar, uh, I ask everybody, you doing okay in this, in this environment? How is it in, in Vegas? Yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, been an interesting, um, I guess say almost a year now, um, you know, since COVID came on, but um, fortunately we've been able to be open for quite a bit, um, you know, of the, the several months, uh, several past months, uh, we're actually experiencing uh, quite a tennis boom here in Las Vegas and it helps having great weather. Um, you know, we've got great weather here. I think it rained once in the past year. Um, but uh, a lot of adult players, a lot of junior players wanting to get out, wanting to exercise, um, you know, just kind of clear their minds. So we have a beautiful club, 23 courts. Um, it's where the tennis channel used to be played an ATP event. Um, our junior program is growing. Uh, we have food. We've had professional events. Uh, we had an Oracle event actually in last March that was one of the last professional events in the world. Uh, it was a 25K men's and women's. Um, so yeah, I mean, staying busy. I've been playing a lot of golf. Uh, it's good weather here for that. And uh, you just, keep talking you know, about the weather and you know, I'm from Chicago, man. I'm going to hang up this pot early. You know, this. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a little different than Chicago, but, but we do get some wind here. Um, but yeah, no, tennis is, is going great here. Um, we've got a great staff and, uh, it's just been, it's been neat to see people getting out and exercising, um, you know, with all the stress that, that, um, you know, we've had and, and the hardship, uh, over the past year. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, tennis across the country, I think got a boom from, you know, if there's one positive that you can talk about this unfortunate pandemic was, um, people got on the tennis courts, especially in warm weather areas, cause it's just generally, um, social distancing. So that's good. Hope it continues to be well. For you and hopefully things just get better from here now with the vaccine starting to get out so um thank you for absolutely you as an elite junior an elite college player you had wins over over pete and, and patrick rafter um we have a lot to unpack here so I, I guess if you don't mind we can just start at the beginning um how'd you get started playing in this sport yeah so uh, tennis was a uh, was a family sport um i got to start at the ymca uh, both my parents played, my older brother played, uh, my grandparents were huge, huge tennis players. Uh, they played almost every day. So it definitely was a family sport in the beginning. I started, you know, when I was, uh, just a little guy, three, four years old, 
my grandmother, actually, I still have my first racket she gave me. It was a Boris Becker Puma, a small, small wooden racket. Um, and uh, just loved it. You know, growing up in San Diego, we, you know, again, we had great weather, so we could play a lot. Um, I played three sports till I was 15. Um, I played basketball and soccer and really enjoyed those sports, played those at a pretty high level and um, didn't want to focus on tennis. And, and my parents, you know, didn't, didn't force me. They, they you know, we, we talked about the, um, you know, the benefits of multi-sports and, and, you know, really important being on a team. And so I played those till my freshman year. And then uh, we started talking about college and, and uh, tennis was the one that, you know, I felt I could um, further my, my career. And, um, you know, I, my sophomore year in high school, I really started to focus on tennis, uh, went to the Wild Tennis Academy up in Ojai and, um, you know, got a lot better, improved, got stronger, um, you know, so ju junior, junior days, you know, that was kind of the trajectory I had, um, you know, it took me a while to focus on tennis, but I think those other sports um, helped me into more of a well-rounded tennis player. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing. There's a lot of evidence out there that um, not just solely focusing on one sport, when you get to expose yourself to other um, athletics, again, you played team sports that obviously helped the adjustment when you played college tennis. A lot of guys, that's their first time experience playing on a team. Uh, as far as tennis goes, you already had that experience going in through those other sports. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that, you know, the team dynamic and the social dynamic is important, um, you know, but I, I would say equally or even more important is uh, the development of the athlete and injury prevention. You know, because um, I have so many parents that have come to me in my coaching career asking for their child to, you know, get a lesson every day. And the kid's nine years old. Um, and I know that's not what the kid wants. Um, and if you, you put all your eggs in one basket in, in any sport, there's going to be a lot more pressure on a kid. Um, and tennis, even without that pressure, tennis uh, it is, a, is a tough sport, right? Uh, you're going to experience a lot of loss. You're out there. There's no coaching allowed. So, you know, I, I think there are so many benefits, like you said, but um, you know, getting back to injury prevention, I mean, tennis and baseball are, are overuse sports, um, you know, so one side of the body is dominant and you're going to have a lot of issues uh, if you're not balancing your body with, with other sports at a young age. So it, it's crucial. Um, that's one of the things we, we talk a lot about with our students at Darling um, is playing different sports, um, you know, not overdoing it and developing, you know, those athletic skills. Yeah, I, I mean, appreciate you you sharing that because I know there's a lot to be said about that and there's so much pressure like you said parents on kids well if they're not getting on court enough time and and what if what if uh you know the neighbor's spending three extra hours a day on court is, is my kid falling behind and it's just proof that you could you could be elite at all these levels with with not just being on a tennis court seven hours a day so uh, appreciate well you much. you look at some of these these college football games um you know and and uh and, and these athletes going to the NFL and you look at what they did in high school. And I know there was a study done a couple of years ago during the draft. And it was, I think, close to 70% of first and second round players that were drafted played multiple sports in high school. Um, you know, and that's obviously, I mean, talk about competitive. I mean, getting in the first and second round of NFL draft and making millions. Uh, those kids were playing a second or possibly even a third sport in high school. So it's, it's, uh, it's crucial. Um, a lot of it takes, you know, educating the parents at the junior stages. Um, but it's, but it, it really, really is important. No, oh, so true. So your, your junior career, you were ranked as high as number five in the U S um, in 2000, you were the USTA boys, 18s national indoor single finalist and doubles champion and the Easter bowl boys, 18s doubles champion. 
was something, uh, maybe it started at a certain age or a certain tournament where you're like, whoa, I'm, I'm getting pretty good here and I'm going to have an opportunity to play at a pretty high level collegiately. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was one event. I mean, I, I think in Southern Cal, I started to have some really good results. Um, I won sectionals, I think when I was 16. Um, so that's a pretty good measuring stick. You know, I, I um, you know, obviously did better nationally at doubles. Um, but I think, you know, winning and I mean, beating everyone in California is a good measuring stick. Um, and a lot of the college coaches saw that. And I think started to have more interest. Um, I think it, it obviously helped me to be recruited to be, you know, top five in singles and, and, you know, probably the first or second best doubles player in the country. Um, college coaches knew that I was going to be able to play high in the lineup right away in, in doubles and, you know, contribute to both doubles and singles. But yeah, I mean, I would, I would say in California, you know, I mean, the level was really high. We had a lot of great players and um, I was competing every weekend. Um, I think I was 16 when I got my first ATP points. I was out grinding in uh, maybe 16 or 17 in St. Joe, Missouri with some of the Illini guys. Um, and, you know, that was pretty exciting too, to get ATP points as a kid. Um, and uh, so those, I think both those were, were pretty big measuring sticks for me personally and, and uh, you know, giving myself confidence that, hey, you know, if I can beat everyone in California and I can get ATP points, you know, I'm, I'm on the right path. But, um, you know, talking with a few coaches and, and especially Craig Tiley on my recruiting trips, there was uh, still a lot of work to be done. Uh, and I think that was, you know, one of the things that drew me to, to that university was um, he really didn't sugarcoat it. You know, he said, you have a lot of work to do and, and you know, kind of mapped out what I needed to do um, to become to keep getting better, right. To keep improving. So that's how a kid from, from uh, Southern California winds up playing college tennis in Champaign, Illinois, a little bit different climate change. Um, the, the university of Illinois is a tremendous program and their staff now, while it's different than when you were there, um, you know, with, with, uh, with coach Brad Dancer and Marcos Hase, um, I mean, they're top notch and, and they're first class all the way. And they're continuing, continuing to do a great job. Um, what was special about your relationship with, with, with Craig? Obviously you had an amazing career there. Your team was incredible. Um, again, 2003, you were the, you were the NCAA doubles champion with Rajiv team went undefeated. The team won the NCAA team championship. Um, 2004, you were ranked number one in the NCAAs. You guys were, were loaded. What was it about Illinois? What was it about coach Tiley that really, uh, you know, kind of clicked with you? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Craig Tiley and Bruce Burke, who's, who's now, um, you know, at Texas, just won the national championship. You know, he was our assistant um, and a big part of the success. Uh, I, I think being part of something new and special was pretty enticing. Um, you know, I had offers from some pretty big schools, you know, on the, on the West Coast and, and in Florida, but um, they were creating something special. And a big part of, of that was having a plan for each player. And a lot of colleges, even to this day, when I, when I talk with them and ask what their plans are for, for junior players, is they're a little bit unsure. You know, well, we're going to develop them. We're going to get them better. And, and when you start digging deeper and asking them how, they don't always have the answers. Uh, Craig and Bruce laid out a detailed plan of what I need to do with my game, uh, with my movement, with my mental skills um, over the next four years and then on tour. And so, yeah, you know, part of something new and special but then also myself, my parents and my coach and the juniors felt confident in their plan, right? They had a detailed plan. So they say, hey, you know, next four years of your life, we're not just going to, you know, randomly choose. We, we know what's going to happen. 
right? We know the plan that's laid out. Um, third, and, and also a big part of it was I was part of a recruiting class with three other players my same age. I wanted to go to college and I wanted to experience college tennis with players my age. Um, you know, I think it's, that's a pretty neat thing to be able to do if, if you have one person your age, um, but we had four. So Michael Calkins, Amir Delic, and, and uh, Philip Stolt we were all very good juniors. And, and I think I was the third to commit. So knowing that two had committed ahead of me that were my same age and, and, uh, and had similar goals. Uh, we all wanted to play professionally. We all wanted to compete for national championships and dominate the Big Ten. Um, you know, so I communicated with those guys and that that definitely factored into my decision. No, that's great. And I, uh, rumor has it you never owned a, a winter coat until you uh, were actually in Champaign that first fall when that when that weather dipped for sure. So that was probably that was cold. A, a, that, that first October, man, I, I had to run straight to the North Face Outlet. All right. Maybe I bummed a ride off somebody. But I yeah, growing up in San Diego, I never had a winter coat. So one day it went from 40, maybe 40, yeah, 45 degrees to about 15 degrees. And I said, okay, this, uh, this university issued jacket is not going to cut it. I need a large down coat. <laughs> For sure. That's funny. So you, you had that stellar career. I mean, it was stellar at, at university of Illinois. You then go on and play at the ATP tour, uh, for five years, went over 15 titles in singles and doubles. You played in the main draw of the U S open and in Australia. Um, and when playing world team tennis, and by the way, Chicago smash, you almost won it this year. You lost it by one eighth of the back of a line by a forehand by Coco Vandeweghe. But I thought world team tennis did a tremendous job. Um, that was pretty exciting. Ball. It's all, world team tennis is, is always fun. They, they do a fantastic job. So that was, that and, was and you, product. you had quite, you had so much success in world team tennis. I mean, you had wins over Pete Sampras and Patrick Rafter. Those two guys are okay. Um, talk about some, some highlights on tour and maybe even some, some low lights that the things that, you know, didn't maybe go so well. Yeah. Well, I mean, starting world team tennis, um, I was drafted, you know, I was the number one singles player um, in 2004 and they drafted me, I think with the help of, uh, of Craig and, and some other people on my behalf, but I played for St. Louis for a couple of years. We had a wonderful team. Um, yeah. Great experience. So I got to play rafter and in, uh, in singles, Pete and doubles, a lot of other great players. I played Andre Agassi uh, in singles in Sacramento in a, in front of a huge crowd. So great experiences, you know, especially to start off my career with, with that level of pressure and excitement. Um, I think one of the reasons why I did so well is because, you know, I learned how to be such a good teammate in college and had that experience of being on a team. So, you know, motivating my teammates, you know, being ready if I was even going to get subbed in because you can sub players in, in uh, team tennis. But I think, you know, just, just knowing how to be part of a team and, and uh, thriving in that format helped me do well in team tennis. Um, on tour, yeah, I had a, you know, pretty, pretty good career. I mean, it's a, it was a definitely a tough road in singles. Um, you know, early in my career, I had some good results. I, uh, I was close to beating Isner in the finals of a 50 K in Lexington. I lost, you know, six, four and third, um, beat Karlovich in the main draw in San Jose. Uh, one of the biggest, my favorite best results was qualifying in Australia. Uh, when Craig Tyler was tournament director, I played Feliciano Lopez close in four sets. Um, so those are definitely some highlights, you know, getting to play qualities at Wimby, uh, playing in the U S open main draw had more success in doubles, you know, won a couple titles, uh, to 50 and 75 K levels. Um, you know, probably focused on singles too much, uh, tried to make that happen too long. And I think I definitely, you know, hindsight, you know, one of the things I look, look back on is probably could have stopped playing singles sooner and focused on doubles. Uh, but it's, you know, it's hard to know in the moment. 
um, you know, when most of the people around you are pushing you to play singles and uh, a lot more money than in singles. Um, but, uh, you know, that would probably be one of the things I would, I would, um, you know, if I was telling myself, you know, back then is, you know, Hey, give, give doubles more of a shot. Um, you know, because a lot of times I'd have to pull out of doubles to go play singles qualities. Um, to be honest, I mean, not a lot. I mean, low lights, I don't know. I mean, I was just so blessed to have that experience and, um, you know, had a great support staff, you know, had, had, you know, great coaches, I had great support from the USDA. Um, so I don't know. I mean, obviously I would have liked to be more successful. I would have liked to, you know, stop single sooner and play more doubles. Um, you know, I really, now, did you hook up to... with Rajiv? Did you hook up with your college teammate? You know, I'm pro tour. At, at yeah, we, yeah we, won a, we won a couple of challenges. We won uh, out of Maui, uh, won a 50 K, uh, won, won a couple with Isner, who's a pretty good partner to yeah. have for doubles. <laughs> um, yeah. Funny story about John. We were, we were playing Calabasas and it was our first time playing together. He was fresh out of college, I think, or maybe six months. And I said, okay, John, you know, what's the strategy, you know, because I was a pretty strategic doubles player. I think, you know, fairly smart. I like to think so. And so I said, John, what's our play this week? You know, what formations, you know, what, what are we going to play? Like, he says, I don't know. He says, you know, when I serve you, you play I formation, you stand in the middle and you try to get it or I'll eat some. And I was like, <laughs> is this guy for real? And, you know, first round, we had an easy round, second round, a little tougher, but didn't need a lot of strategy. And then semi, we played a really good team. You know, I said, okay, like, you know, cut the BS, you, you know, we need to talk about strategy. And he says, what do you mean? It's working. Let's continue. I said, oh, geez. Okay. And so we ended up winning the event, you know, it was, it was, you know, I, winning a challenge was going to help your ranking for sure. And so I was like, Hey, where are you playing next? You know, do you want to play next week? <laughs> and uh, so he was, he was great, you know, good guy. And yeah, I played a little bit of Rajiv, you know, at that level when you're 200 in singles and, you know, maybe, I don't know, 120, 130, 140 in doubles, you're changing partners a lot. So I didn't have a, a normal partner, um, a lot, you know, so you're, you're switching around, but, uh, but yeah, play, got to play a little bit with, with Raj. No, that's awesome. It seems like you had some unbelievable experiences, um, you know, both singles and doubles. So I want to kind of transition into coaching because, uh, was it something that after your playing days were over, this was something that you feel like you could give, you, you know, you could give back because of, you know, uh, the, one, the skill level, and two, like you said, you were a lot, you were a more strategic type of player. But how did it fall? Did it did it kind of fall into your lap? Were you trying to do something outside of tennis in a different industry, and and tennis kind of sucked you back in? How did it all work out? Um, so yeah, good question. I was living in Las Vegas my last year, year and a half on tour. Um, I had transitioned out of Los Angeles, and this was a great place to train. The cost of living was lower. They actually have a, a great airport. I was able to fly um, international pretty easily through, through Las Vegas. So I was here and I met some people um, and I met Saad Ashraf, who's the director of juniors at, at Darling back then, uh, I think in 2007, 2008. And um, yeah, it was something that really interested me. And, and he was um, recruiting me to come coach. And I had played the Tennis Channel Open at Darling. So I, I had known about the facility and it's, uh, you know, it's in a great part of town. It's in Summerland, beautiful, beautiful part of Las Vegas. So I was spending some time with my parents in San Diego trying to figure out what to do next. And, and he was calling and calling and said, OK, I'll, I'll go up and check it out. And um, it just seemed like a, a great team. Uh, we had a great staff and, and uh, they were very passionate about it. It wasn't, um, you know, hey, we're just you know, going to coach a couple hours a day and, you know, make a living. It was um, something that. Uh, you know, we had a plan to be great and to help a lot of kids be great. 
And so that, that, I think that passion attracted me and, you know, being a part of something that was, um, you know, uh, you know, you know, we're, we had big plans and that was something that was important to me, not just go out and, and, uh, you know, make some money, but doing something I was passionate about. And early on, I really, really enjoyed coaching and still do enjoy coaching young players. So I'll coach, you know, kids from five, six, seven years old and, um, and do it right. You know, make sure that they learn the fundamentals and they, they have fun. And so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how my coaching uh, career started. That's awesome. And it, and it is a beautiful facility and you guys have, have put on some, uh, uh, some big events and you guys are coming up. I think, I think the women are beginning of February through like mid February. They have that UTR um, pro tennis series event. And then the men come mid, you know, that second half of February into early March, right? Correct. Yeah. We're really excited about partnering with UTR um, and being a club that is going to run multiple events this year of the UTR pro series. Uh, it's a fantastic way for top juniors, college players and, and pros to, to make a living and compete and, um, you know, and, and, and earn a living. So February 7th is our first women's event. Uh, there'll be 20 K uh, in total prize money. Everyone makes money, even if they lose first round, uh, we'll be having wildcard tournaments prior to that event. Um, before each event, we're going to have an eight person qualifying event. Uh, where they can qualify into the main draw. Uh, these matches will be streamed worldwide on uh, PlaySite. So we'll have uh, three courts streaming uh, all day, every day of the tournament. And so, yeah, it's been great partnering with UTR and, and Stephen Armitrage, a good friend of mine. I know you just had him on not too long ago. So Stephen has been great working with him and, uh, you know, his passion for tennis and, and how UTR has adapted during this pandemic is, has been pretty neat. And, Unbelievable. And so, they have been since the pandemic started in, in March. I mean, what they have done and the creativity involved that they've, I mean, they have really stepped it up big time. Shout out to, to Ann and, and, you know, Steven and everybody at UTR because they've been doing some really, really, um, really cool things. Yes, absolutely. So we're really excited about these first four events. Uh, we'll have two women's event back to back so that the, the women can stay and train uh, and, and get two events in. And then after that, we'll have two men's events. And um, really excited about the opportunities for our juniors, local players, uh, and players from all over the country and, and even internationally to come play. Um, you know, we've got all our, our guidelines in place, you know, keeping everyone safe and, and making sure that we're running it properly. And then we hope to do more later in the year. So it's a, it's a great facility to host events. And that we're excited about those UTR events coming up. Now, on, on top of what you do at the, at the Darling Tennis Center, you're also the, the U.S. scout for head tennis, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. Talk a little bit about that. Sure, yeah. So I, um, yeah, I got a, I've been involved with head for, for close to two years now. And, um, and my role is to, to scout and sponsor uh, top junior players, um, is to connect and, and, uh, and connect and, and work with some college players and teams and get, you know, get them, you know, our latest products. And then also young pros, um, pros that, that aren't necessarily getting picked up by our, our international headquarters in Austria um, are not under a contract by them. But uh, so I have kind of a wide range, um, you know, of responsibilities, but it's, it's exciting because I get to travel. Um, you know, a big part of my initiative has been to, to get more coaches using the, the head products and the pen tennis ball. And, you know, it's been really neat to, to connect with pros I was the U.S. Open last year, um, you know, watching Coco and Sasha and Novak. Um, so it's really neat for our juniors to get excited about, you know, watching the pros and, and getting to know about their equipment. 
So yeah, it's, it's been neat. You know, I, I get to travel and, and, you know, go to the big junior events and some of the grand slams. And um, it's definitely something that's exciting and, and they have fantastic equipment. So it's, it's been a nice fit. Oh, awesome. That's super, super cool. Um, you know, but before we conclude, I, I do, I do want to mention, uh, I know there's a, there's a husband and wife that often come out to, uh, to the Darling Tennis Center. And I think their names are uh, Andre and Steffi. Um, I know the listeners, I think the lesson, listeners may have heard of these two before the decent, two decent <laughs> players. Um, not, not they, bad, they, not bad at all. Not bad. They, they come out and, and I understand, I mean, they're, they're working with the, with the kids and even the adults to want to hit. I mean, they're, they're giving their time when they're out there and, and they're also working out, um, themselves, right. How, how, how cool is that? It, it's pretty special. Um, I got to meet Andre back in 2004 during team tennis and, and he actually came up to me and introduced himself uh, prior to the match. And, uh, he said, Hey, you know, I'm Andre. Um, you know, welcome to, to, you know, to world team tennis. Let's have a great match tonight. So, um, as anyone that's met him knows he's a class act. And when he did that to me, you know, introduced himself and then we got to play singles. Uh, that was pretty special, even though he kicked my butt. Um, but, uh, yeah, him and Steffi, they're out there a lot. I mean, we have, uh, young pros that come through. Uh, we just had Sebastian Corda doing some off season training here with his father, Peter, um and Andre and Steffi just love to be on the court they they love the game um their passion is is you know they the passion is still there um so it's pretty neat I mean I've seen them play you know with some top juniors that they know some pros um so it's it's pretty exciting it's it's great for the club um and they you know they love coming out and hit on, hitting on stadium court and and training players and being involved um so it's it's pretty neat it's pretty special for our kids and and everyone at the club to be able to see that on a, on a daily basis. Yeah. So, so two quick questions for you before I end Steffi still knife that slice like crazy. Unbelievable. I mean, if, I mean, if it was a grass court, no one could get it back, but right. it is, it is a slower hard court. So some people can get it back, but um, yeah, she, her, her footwork too. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, how quick she is on her feet and, and just the energy and passion she has and, and yeah, pretty good backhand slice. And, and, and Andre's two-hander just, just so clean and pure still. I mean, he was, I remember watching him with Sebastian. He was, wasn't hitting, but he was coaching. He was probably 30 feet behind the baseline and somebody had hit a ball long and he just stepped and took a cut and it, and everyone kind of turned and looked because it sounded like a rocket explosion. I mean, it was, it was massive. I mean, you know, that, that beautiful head racket he's using, uh, you know, and, and his, uh, his explosiveness, it was pretty cool. Uh, he doesn't hit as much as Steffi, but man, when he hits the ball, it's got some, got some juice on it. Awesome, man. Hey, Brian, this was, this was so much fun. I, I wanted to have you on for a while. Um, thank you for taking time out of your day and doing this. You have a, a ton of experience to share and, and uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get to do this again sometime because you got a lot of stuff going on. I'd love to have you back on on um, whether we talk darling, whether we talk head tennis, whether we talk about anything related to tennis, Um, you have a ton to offer and if cool with you, man. You come on again? Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. This has been great. Brian, this was awesome, man. Thanks so much. And best of luck with everything that you're doing. Tennis is, tennis is lucky to have you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All the best. Yeah.